Sister Radcliffe, I wasn't trying to step on your toes. I was just trying to keep it moving. <laughs> is, is it anything that you wanted to state or add? If you're talking, you're, you're muted. I'm muted. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, no, I'm just grateful that you did get get things started because this was son of a twist this morning. But anyway, um, I will have some announcements after you're done. But as we are going now, we will just let you continue and I will wrap it up. Is that okay? okay. That sounds good. Thank you. All right. Let's get started. All right. Uh, Real Steel. That was a movie. 2011 starring Hugh Jackman. It was about 60% on uh, Rotten Tomato and I believe it grossed about uh, 300 million. So that means some folks watched it and more than likely uh, with 300 million being earned on it, I'm quite sure at least a few of us watched it. Matter of fact, trivia, this is just a little trivia for you. Somebody at our church said that they were actually in that film as an extra. I never saw him, but he said that he was in that film. So what was Real Still about, anyone? Maybe the young people can even chime in on this one. Real Still, give me the premise of that movie. Wasn't that the one about the fighting robot? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what, what, was the, what was that all about? Um, I want to say it was the robot that was decommissioned, and no, I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, th I was thinking along the same lines. I think uh, Hugh, um, uh, he was the, uh, yeah, he was, he was the person who I think retired, and I guess he controlled. Yeah. Like they had robots. They had robots to actually would box the way we think of people being in the ring, but they were actually robots. But but he was one of the characters who had controlled the robot. I guess they hooked up something to him, so whatever movements he made, the robots made. And I think something brought him out of retirement, or he had kind of a a downward spiral in his life. Maybe started drinking or something like that. That he wasn't in it anymore. But this young kid kind of inspired him or something like that to to. Uh, yeah. To return. Oh yeah, yeah. His son. His son. Good. Right. Right. His son. Yeah. Is that is that mm -hmm. Isaiah? Isaiah can might he probably could get it uh get it in even better. Is that right, Isaiah? Are we right? Are we online? What? Uh, I'm not Man. Isaiah, but yeah. Oh, oh, who is that? Sorry. <laughs> that was Isaiah. Who was that? Who was that? It's Junie. Junie. All right. Yeah. So are we right, Joni? Yeah. That's all right. right. That's right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. That's exactly right. So so let's try to let's try to put that into some like spiritual perspective here. So in essence, um, uh, Hugh Jackman. I forgot his character's name, but um, he was a fighter. But then all of a sudden, robots took over the fight world. He couldn't no longer uh, fight, and uh, his life was kind of a wash. And he did go down this downward spiral where he began to drink and stuff like that. But then his son connected with him, and they found this this uh, robot that was kind of ca like a castaway. But then they refurbished this thing, and what was interesting is that uh, the robot. Well, had a had a type of program or a way of moving where when Hugh Jackman moved, the robot would do what? He would mimic him. He would mimic him. He would do the exact move. So in essence, Hugh, Jack, Hugh, Hugh Jackman was fighting through the robot. Through the robot. Through the robot. So how can we like just say uh, in spiritual terms, that that's God's goal with us. How can we just word that? Anybody? Is anybody getting that implication that I'm trying to throw you away? 
God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us, and He is fighting through through us. Us, not in spite of ourselves, though. Say it again. Not in spite of ourselves. That is. <laughs> that's that's right. God is fighting through us, right? He is fighting through, and He wants to fight through us. He wants He wants to use us, right, to build His kingdom. He wants us. He wants us to be uh, 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 tools of his, but in order for us to be tools of his, in order us to, in, for us to be used by him, what, what, what needs to occur? A relationship. Needs a relationship. Obedience. Obedience. Obedience, right? We gotta trust and obey, right? Mm -hmm. And here, and here with Samson, as we saw last week and will continue on this week, we'll see that what God's ultimate goal was to do was to, was to just use him as a tool to, to uh, rack up some victories, if you will, for, for the nation of Israel. But we see that Samson was not only a one-man army in terms of his strength, but he was a one-man army in his what? In his mind. mind. Well, right? And God, uh, we're going to see that throughout his, um, throughout his uh, time as a judge, he was always focused on, uh, on one thing. The uh, chapters and the judges, they said that they, um, there's, there's at least uh, three, no, four or five chapters that cover Samson. So that's more than anyone else. That's more than any other judge he was written about and we kind of see him from the from the womb to the tomb so to speak and he's given us an example in a lot of ways as to not how, how we should not behave right and he's also given us an example as to um how to come back to the lord as well so if i were to um to uh, divide these uh, bits of scripture i would uh, divide them with different headings uh in the Sunday school lesson, if you're looking at the expositor, it's kind of uh, interesting as their headings. The first heading was Samson's capture and humiliation. Then it says Samson's defeat and shame. And lastly, it says Samson's supplication and victory. I think I would title, title them something like this. Uh, the uh, get back, the payback, and the comeback. That's how I would title it if I were uh, preaching this message from these bits of scripture. So we're going to see, in essence, the get back, then the payback, and then the comeback. So I'll just follow along with this uh, scripture lesson text as well as to how they divided it. The first uh, passage or the first segment of scripture that they covered was verses uh, 21 through 22 of the 16th chapter of Judges. It says, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and uh, bound him with fetters of grass and did grind, and he did grind in the prison house. Albeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaken. So prior to this, something had occurred prior to verse 21, something occurred. And I, I should say a uh, 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 young lady occurred in, in uh, Samson's life. So can somebody give us a bit of background as to who he ran into? What was her name? Delilah. Delilah, and what was that all about? Can, can you? Can you just uh, recap that a bit about us? I mean, for us. Well, I believe Delilah was probably a woman of the world, but anyway, um, her people had the Philistines had asked her to find his strength, uh, and they would pay her, and she kept taking, giving him little tests and asking him. And each time he would tell her something, she would tell the Philistines and they would try it 
And then when she would shake him and say, the Philistines are coming, he would wake up and shake himself and he would break the bands or whatever. So when it got down to, I think the last time she, she cried out to him and says, you don't love me. You tell me you love me all this many times. And each time I tell you, you don't tell the truth. And so when he finally did tell her the truth, she shaved all of his hair off. But also, I think they had also threatened her that if she didn't get the information, that her family would be harmed. Oh, okay. I see where you got that from. Actually, that was his wife. Yeah. So, so it was interesting because Samson was oh, yeah. always, yeah. Samson was ahead, always, um, he's always uh, kind of like uh, he had a taste for strange women or or foreign women, right? Uh, right. One positive writer has stated that uh, he had an addiction, and that an addiction comes in various forms. You're gonna have drugs, alcohol, romance, right? And for Samson, his was like uh, uh, an addiction to foreign women. Foreign women. So uh, we see, starting in the thirteenth uh, chapter, I believe, either the thirteenth or fourteenth chapter, Samson saw um, a Philistine woman, and he told his um, he told his parents, "Go get her for me. She looks good to me." Right, and uh, parents were saying, "Hey, you know." Out of all the women that you have to choose for that, uh, you know, that's that's in this uh, nation, why are you going to go around and uh, mess with her? And then he comes back and said, I said, she looks good to me. Go get her. And that's what they did. They went and and uh, bent to Samson's uh, will. And they went down there and Samson ends up marrying this his young lady. However, Samson was full of himself, right? And he he had a, he was a man that liked the riddles and stuff like that. So he gave the wedding party a riddle. It was thirty guys that he gave a riddle to, and and um, this riddle had to do with the fact that he killed a young lion. And when he came back to see the lion's uh, remains, he saw that the bees had made uh, some honey with them. And uh, so he gave them a riddle to that effect. And uh, I forget how the riddle goes, but it, it tied into the lion and the honey. And uh, they couldn't figure that riddle out. So what they did, as uh, Sister Ratcliffe stated, is that they went to Samson's wife and, and threatened her and said, you better get the answer to this riddle. What, what have you done? Have you, have you all just um, had a wedding? And and just to be poor, you better uh, better get that answer for it. So she ends up crying and boohooing to Samson, and and she vexed Samson's soul to the point where Samson gave her the answer, and she went right back and told the folks, and they ended up figuring out the riddle. And Samson said, "Had you not plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have known the answer." And then all of a sudden he went back and he got vengeance, right? And that's what makes this lesson so uh, profound and so on time today. Because Samson's road to vengeance just seems to have uh, overshadowed his ministry and overshadowed his life. He was just so tied up in vengeance. And... Um, when the Philistines did something to him, he had to go and he had to get the get back on him. He had to keep getting back on him. And um, it, kept, it kept going down to where, uh, if you read the 14th chapter, the 15th chapter, which was interesting, the 15th chapter kind of, you know, cracked me up because what ends up happening is that, as stated in the 15th chapter, they end up, uh, um, actually burning his wife and his father-in-law because Samson had uh, messed with their wheat, I believe. And then Samson comes back and he beats a whole bunch of them up and kills them all. And then all of a sudden they come back and they get Samson. And then all of a sudden Samson comes back and get them. And that's the road to vengeance where it's always this get back, this get back that is going on. And finally what ends up happening 
is Judges, the 16th chapter and verse 21, where you see Samson is in a prison, right? Because if you remember, uh, last week we talked about how Samson got a jawbone of a donkey and he did what? Just to make sure you all are with me. What did he do with that jawbone? Like a thousand people. Or something. Killed a thousand men. Right, right. And then, and after he did it, he he made a what? A song. He made a rap. Yeah, he made a song. Yeah. Right. He made a song about it, and that made the Philistines even more mad. He was like, "Okay, uh, you beat us with a a, a donkey's uh, jawbone, and you made a a whole bunch of donkeys out of us." Well, we're going to capture you and we're going to literally make you a beast of burden. We're going to have you in prison doing what? Grinding, grinding wheat. Grinding wheat. And this grinding wheat, who was that normally doing that? Or what normally did that? The animals. A beast of burden. Animals. Animals, a beast of burden, right? Beast of burden usually did that. Yeah. So, so when Samson was taunting them, taunting them, saying, "Yeah, I whoop y'all and made y'all a bunch of donkeys," they literally came back. Like I said, it's this get back thing that's going on. They came back and said, "We're going to do you one worse. We're going to we're going to take your eyes, and then we're going to put you in prison, and we're going to give you a job where you day and night just going around grinding." The, the wheat or the grain that you destroyed uh, before with all those foxes. Now we're going to make you grind it for us. And you're going to be like a beast of burden while you do it too. So that's what he did day and night. But it says that in, in verse 22 that something happened. And what was that? His hair grew back. His hair started growing back. Right. His hair started growing back. And why did they why did they allow his hair to grow back? Because didn't Samson think that his uh, hair was his strength? And that's what I'll ask you all: Was Samson's hair his strength, the source of his strength? No. That's what no. Samson believed, but it was not. Right. What was what was the source of Samson's strength? Obedience to God. Exactly, exactly. If you look at the Numbers, the sixth chapter, and also if you look at uh, uh, earlier in, I believe, when the angel of the Lord came to his mother and said uh, to Samson's mother that he was going to practice that Nazarite vow, the strength wasn't in his hair. The strength was in his dedication to the Lord, right? And that's, that's, the, that's the same with us. Our strength is in our dedication and our obedience and our faith to the Father, to the Lord, right? That's where right. our strength comes from. Amen. So that's so he thought that it may have been his hair, but it wasn't. It was his dedication to the Lord. And although he was on this road of getting back, it actually it was interesting because one writer stated that although he lost his physical sight. He ended up gaining spiritual sight. He ended up gaining spiritual sight. Amen. Any uh, other comments about these first two verses? Uh, yes, Pastor. Um, um, Samson, though they took his eyes, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the lesson I believe said that uh, more than likely he had been grinding the grain for uh, quite some time. Yeah. So uh, he had a chance to reminisce on his past life, oh, yeah. how, it, how it led up to this, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then how he knew that he was a Nazarite and, that, and all of that. All of that came back to him. Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, repentance was there on his part oh, yeah. what was going on. Mm -hmm. God didn't have to allow his hair to grow back. Mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, and then it doesn't even say that he recognized that in the lesson. Mm -hmm. We see that it was starting to grow back and that uh, uh, more than likely he had a chance to really uh, reconcile his differences with God in regards to how he was such a womanizer in his life 
and, mm -hmm. uh, and he just violated every part of his vow of the Nazarite life, and mm -hmm. uh, he so he had time to to uh, to think about these things, and mm -hmm. then uh, he knew that God was the God, the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm -hmm. and that he could come back to him, and he he played with God more than likely. He says that later on, but. Nonetheless, this is what uh, he had a chance to do at this time where his hair started. All that time he's been in there, he had a chance to reminisce on all of this. And so now mm -hmm. his hair starts to grow back. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it is not to say, too, that uh, physically, you know, your hair do go back once you cut it off. But uh, uh, here is starting to grow back. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just wanted just to throw that in. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And then one writer has stated, I believe someone broke it down to, you know, how many inches or half inches your hair grow per how many days. So it does mean that this was a lapse of time. It had some, mm -hmm. some time had by in order for his hair to uh, to to grow back. Amen. And so yeah, and that was that. Like I said, that was his getting back. He was getting you know getting back to that. A place. It wasn't about getting back with people, but it was about getting back to a place with God, mm -hmm. with God right? And where God can use. And then in verse 23, it goes on to say, Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, or Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. For they said, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Now, what was so crazy about this? The, the thought I had, I'm gonna see if anybody else, uh, I wanted to see y'all thoughts about this. They were rejoicing that, uh, that they captured Samson, right? That great enemy, that, and, and they were rejoicing and giving praise to their God, saying that their God, they were accrediting their God for, for this victory. and and what was so crazy and twisted about this victory it, it goes back to the to to delilah to delilah in my yeah this, i mean they're they're giving praise to this god dagon for delivering them but he wasn't delivering them when samson went all ham on them uh, right. <laughs> it, it, the, the reason the reason why you know that they they had samson um in prison is because of the efforts of Delilah and getting the secrets from from her. So they're not crediting uh, the true source, and maybe it's culturally, from a, you know, from a standpoint of of, of how women are viewed. But nevertheless, it's it's uh, <laughs> they're being hypocrites because Dagon they they didn't say, they didn't say or mention Dagon's name when Samson yeah. was destroying them. But but after the fact, they retroactively praised their God for what uh, Delilah had done. Right. <laughs> they, they were like, yeah, let's have a party and celebrate our God, right? He used deception and lies, and he used uh, uh, folks with ill repute, and, and he, used, uh, he used conniving and manipulation. Yay, let's celebrate our victory. Finally wore, she finally wore him down, right? And he got yeah. tired of it and just told her the <laughs> truth. She finally wore it down, but but that imagine celebrating uh, your God right, right. those tools, you know, yeah, lies and deceit, manipulation, yeah, Dagon, Dagon, right? <laughs> and that's what they were doing, though. And it's mm -hmm. it is so twisted to me right. that they celebrate uh, over this, right? But. It was like the blind leading the blind here. And like mm -hmm. I said, although Samson was getting back, here here are these folks, you know, all they were concerned about was their payback, right? That, mm -hmm. That's what they're concerned about, paying Samson back. Pastor, and, something, and, something, and, something, and, interestingly, and, interestingly uh, the, um, well, even, even uh, Delilah, uh -huh. he, he knew better, man. Three times. <laughs> what in the world you bother? Why you keep on asking me? He never did ask those type of questions to her. 
You know, why yeah. you keep on, and then all of a sudden, where these guys come from? Every time you do this to me, here where these guys come. But nonetheless, this day God, God, that God, yeah. you know, uh, uh, that gives us an example of what we supposed to be doing as believers. Yeah. Man, we need to be praising God for victory in our lives. Yes, and yeah. uh, uh, that's a good example for us to follow right there. Not unto no false God, but unto the true and living God. It was it was those strange addictions. I was watching that that uh, show the other night, Strange Addiction, and somebody was addicted to eating mattresses. What? You know, it's just a strange addiction. <laughs> yes, uh, run that by me again. Yes, that's, watching a show called Strange Addictions, and this person was Ooh. addicted to eating mattresses. My lord. Yeah, I know this is strange. And that's what uh, Samson, Samson was in a strange addiction, right? It didn't make sense. It didn't make <laughs> sense, right? And it goes on to say in 24, it says, And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God hath delivered unto our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us, right? They're still rejoicing over the fact that they're giving credit to, to their God, Dagon or Dagon, that uh, they delivered, that he delivered Samson into their hands, right? And, and this, we can pause for a moment too to say this, when, when, when a believer is wrapped up in vengeance and payback and get back and everything else, it kind of damages uh, your testimony. Can, and, 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 not only does it damage your testimony, but it damages your mission as well. Because this opportunity that uh, Samson had to actually put God on center stage, all of a sudden it was a missed opportunity because, because of the way he handled it, the people end up putting who on center stage? Their God. Their God. Their God. Right. They gone. And eventually yeah. Samson. Yes, yes. Pastor, yes. Uh, I just I was just thinking about something uh, as, you, as you all were discussing uh, about uh, them giving praise and honor and glory to Dagon for yeah. delivering their enemy into their hands. And it yeah. just kind of reminded me uh, of, of even uh, uh, when we look at, at Job, Job never mentioned Satan one time as being the one who delivered mm -hmm. him into this situation. But it was ultimately God that delivered yeah. him into that situation, but also delivered him out of that situation. Yeah. In the same way, though, with uh, with Samson, uh, we know that it wasn't Dagon that delivered him into their hands. It was God's divine providence. There you go. That allowed him to be taken into the hands of these treacherous men by the means of using Delilah. Okay? That's but right. They were trying to give praise and honor and glory to their God. But in, in actuality, it was God who delivered the instrument of their own destruction into their hands. Okay? Right. So what, what they meant for evil, God turned it into something that was in accordance with his purpose and his plan. And he also was able to show Samson that vengeance is not yours. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? I will repay. And then when it all was said and done, that's exactly what happened. They thought that their God had delivered their enemy into their hands, but the sovereign God, the only God, through his divine providence, delivered the instrument of their destruction into their hands. That's right, that's right. That is right, that's good, great point. Great point, brother, that's a great point. Yeah, just, just in, in addition, uh, Samson, uh, God, mm -hmm. God has all through the, the book of Judges uh, delivered Israel in a unique way. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is no exception to that. Mm -hmm. Because uh, though he went through uh, his lifestyle that was the way it was, uh, the end result was going to be deliverance. The end result was going to be victory for God and all this. Though he used somebody that was in that type of state, you know, and uh, uh, though he could have really used the I mean, 3,000 came last week to to uh, bind him and turn him over to the Philistines. That was a great opportunity for Samson, like you said in, in your message, for mm -hmm. him to, to be used of God to get the victory. It, yes, they put, uh, about his strength and sent 3,000 men, 
So yeah. what about the other nations of uh, all other tribes? You know, he could have got them all together with his strength. Oh, they could have wiped them out. But yeah. uh, that did not happen. God wanted to use it and use uh, his deliverer. Seemed like in a unique type of way, and this mm -hmm. is no not an exception to that rule. Yeah, yes, and, and, and let's make this uh, <clears throat> let's make this whole thing a bit more practical here too, and and let's walk it down our street, right? Because this this thing about vengeance, you know, if you look up any definition of like avenge and revenge and vengeance, you'll see that it says something on the lines of satisfaction for injury, right? Something on that line. It's a satisfaction of getting satisfaction for an injury, right? And the truth is, is that uh, uh, there, if you look at scripture from beginning to end, Old Testament and New Testament, it tells you that vengeance is the Lord's, right? This thing is a, of a thing and revenge and, and I don't care how you say it, 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 it goes back where this is God's uh, lane. This is God's business. Now, tell me this. Uh, how does this apply to today with uh, 40, 40 acres and a mule? 400 years of oppression. Uh, how does this apply? Should we be about get back and pay back? Come on, my people. <laughs> Vengeance is still the Lord. Huh? I can't, can't hear you. Say it loud. I said vengeance is still the Lord's. Still the Lord. So how should we go about uh, how should we go about it? I mean, I mean here's the here's the this the social tenant right now. Hey, you know, get back, pay back. Say it loud. How should we? I mean, how should we go about? How can we conduct ourselves? How should we conduct ourselves? Forty years, four hundred years of of oppression. I mean, I heard I heard Tony Evans say he was talking about Elijah and mm -hmm. some different other things and one of uh, messages he did, and he said maybe there has been a true injustice done to us maybe you were wrongfully treated maybe you are actually a victim maybe all of these things are true but that does not mean that you still have to go outside the will of god because this is not our battle it's god's battle right. Right. And it doesn't matter what has happened to us and even if we feel bad and we've been hurt and damaged we still right. have to give that back to God and allow God to minister and move and work in his will and not our own. We got to trust him. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. I, I was looking at the, the end result of everything. God knew exactly what was going to happen in eternity past. So uh -huh. this is his plan of salvation from Genesis all the way to Revelation. God's plan of salvation or God's plan of deliverance we can't alter that. We might get into ourselves and everything, and we might beside ourselves to, to think that, okay, we can do something in regards to uh, 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 what we can do in regards to business, but that's not the way, that's not in God's plan. Okay. He, he might allow you to, 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 to take your course and how you think that you could, could uh, bring things to uh, uh, manifest things of God in life. But that is not the way God God planned it because we find the end result. God is getting the picture in and in. Amen. Uh, and it's not about it's not about us. You know, it, it's about how we give it. Sometimes we do get beside ourselves thinking it is us, but uh, it, it, we could be very very well out of out of out of line with all of that, and uh, right. and not letting God have His way in it. Right. And 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 you know the word teaches that you know you got to have some you got to have some uh, certain qualities about yourself and some some attributes about yourself in order to to execute vengeance right uh you know you, you got to be like uh um righteous within yourself can, can somebody speak up if they're righteous within themselves i just want to see no we don't it's, uh our righteous is just like filthy rags oh wow uh, filthy Eggs, that's right. But, now, wait, but, wait, 
Okay, go ahead, Pastor. We might have a chance on in, in another area, though. All right, not righteous, but what about holiness, though? I mean, yes. holiness within ourselves. Okay, uh, where I see it, what everybody was saying is this. We should be more God-conscious mm -hmm. than self-conscious because that's where uh, Samson got it wrong because he always assumed things in a negative form than what God meant it for. Mm -hmm. uh, with us, just like what the people are saying through our situation right now, what mm -hmm. we are going through, mm -hmm. uh, yes, yes, we were done wrong, no doubt about it. It's, it's no maybe, it, yes, but mm -hmm. we have to be the adult in the room to understand that God have a hand on this. God allowed crisis to put us in crisis to teach others also. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, we are the people that God have chosen knowingly that we've gonna go through. He didn't catch God by surprise. But if we really trust him and, mm -hmm. and believe in him, we can bring others, even our enemy, those that did these things, we can bring them in the perspective in which God want them to be. Amen. 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 Any further comments? God, well, I, I do have, I, I do have a, a, a question, a clarifying question, or maybe a statement. Uh -huh. so I know you talked about in terms of vengeance and revenge, and one of the things I associate is the idea of being a vigilante, right? Someone who takes the law or takes it upon themselves as being the, the judge, jury, and sometimes literally executioner. But does that right. also mean for a believer that we are to be, be so holy that there is no means of, of receiving, not vengeance, but justice? So if someone uh, hits my car, I'm driving and I'm obeying the law, and someone runs a red light and, 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 and uh, wrecks my car, is it wrong for me to sink uh, financial compensation because my vehicle isn't working or am I to give that to the Lord and leave it up to him and hope for the best? That's good. That's, that's no, no, you're not wrong. But the, uh, the idea is that uh, uh, everybody, we all human, but it, it's always protocol in which we go about things, especially us being uh, in Christ. Mm hmm and, and God has, he, he told us in his word that we are to be law-abiding citizens, right? And those laws that are in place are to govern as to how we behave in this society. So if those laws are there for our use, then by all means, we use them, right? We use them within the confines of the law. We, we use them. If somebody... Uh, um, wrecks our car as you stated no within those within those uh, means of the law we go and we try to make uh, that situation right we get restitution as the court states we get our restitution uh, based on how the laws guide right however outside the law you know our spirit in terms of on that spirit realm uh, uh, you know we don't stay inside of the law just like an eye for an eye, remember what we told you before, you know, you take my eye, you know, the, the, you know, the worst of me is going to take your eye, your nose, your teeth, your knee, right? We ain't going to stop, you know, and, and that's the whole point about this vengeance thing. If vengeance thing is about satisfaction, even if you go ahead and follow all the means of the law, doesn't mean that you're going to be satisfied. So your satisfaction has to come from something else, right? It's got to come from something else other than the law and laws and people. Your satisfaction got to be the Lord. You got to delight yourself in him, right? So, Pastor, in, in, uh, in keeping with this analogy of the, uh, uh, of the, 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 the motor vehicle accident or whatever, someone hitting your car, uh, I guess what we, we could say is that the law provides a person who has insurance to be compensated on a monetary level for any damages to restore that vehicle back to the way it was prior to the accident. And that is under the law. What the law does not provide for 
is for you to chase the person down the street and then ram your car into theirs, okay? So that now they have damage to their car that is either comparable or that exceeds the level of damage to your car. So if that being the case, you know, uh, and vengeance being uh, to satisfy, uh, the problem with, with uh, uh, people that are not holy, that are not righteous, and in this case, uh, because God is the one who uh, deserves to have uh, 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 vengeance and only one who should have vengeance, we don't have knowledge. We don't have all knowledge. We're not all knowing. Uh, uh, we're not holy and righteous as God is. So there, therefore, it's, it's supposed to be for him only. Uh, but in, in this case, uh, no, there's no problem with us going uh, uh, to, uh, to, to the law to, uh, to, to actually be on our side or provide for us a means by which to restore our vehicle. But again, like I said, we don't have the right, like I said, to, to go down the street chasing after them uh, and, and, and damaging their car. You know, uh, even if we try to do it exactly the same way they did, it's never going to be satisfied because now instead of one car that's damaged, you got two that are damaged, right? There's no restorative uh, principle uh, being, you know, uh, uh, implemented in that situation. And, and ultimately God uh, wants us to seek justice, uh, not so we can be vindicated, but so that, 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 that which is wrong can be made right. And that's what God is going to do. The problem with mm -hmm. that is, is that there's, it's a two edged sword. Uh, yes. God is a just God, but he's not just only to those that we want him to be just to. He's going to be just to us, too. So we have to be careful about wanting justice for other people, right? Because yeah. that same thing, that same justice is going to fall on us because he's no respecter of people, is he? Mm -hmm. That's oh. right. Amen. Also, uh, how we can you know, go to God on the behalf and saying I was wronged when we do the same thing to the same thing to that person you mm -hmm. know it's just neutralized you know the situation yeah yes and you can you know and once your car is hit you can you can beat the person up get it fixed and everything else and it still ain't driving right right <laughs> so so moving on that's I, good <laughs> I did all of a sudden he goes on in verse 25 and it says, and it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house and he made, uh, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that uh, held him by the hand, suffer me that I may uh, fill the pillars whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that uh, beheld while Samson made sport. And here's this thing of get back and pay back, and it puts you in a bad situation. Not only was Samson in prison, but also Samson was made a sport of too. Anybody has any uh, comments on this whole thing about what was going on in this, uh, in this arena or temple? What was going on here? They, the, the Philistines got, as in today's terms, they got lit, right? Liquor in them and, and they, got, they, they got to like uh, feeling kind of good and woozy and they needed some more entertainment and they said let's get samson to come and entertain us while we still like drinking by the way some uh, expositor writers uh, or some uh, theologians state that um that delilah had uh, may have drugged uh, samson too so so drugs and alcohol and everything else it was still going on back then like it's going on today so they had a little party, a little get together, and they needed some more entertainment. And they called for Samson, right? And, and when they called for Samson, what were they doing to him? Mocking him, make, you know, making fun of him. Yeah. 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 Humiliating. Oh, he threw 
Yes, yes. They, was, they, had, they had him led out by a child. So that even in itself was humiliating to this huge, is. strong warrior is being led out by a child. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that in itself is uh, humiliating. The man could no longer, um, they didn't, uh, he couldn't see. They assumed that he was helpless. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. They were, and they were saying this uh, made sport of him. They said it had about two meanings that, uh, but, you know, they even used ideas that they may have, uh, you know, was hitting Samson and saying, hey, who hit you? You know, they knew that he couldn't see. So they, it was just making jokes, uh, made him just uh, the bad end of all jokes, right? And, uh, and as you stated, they were, lead, uh, a child was leading him around. But Samson, you know, he, like I said, he was getting his head back, getting back in the right head space here. And um, he said to the lad that was leading him around, uh, to uh, let him rest upon some pillars. Now, prior to Samson's uh, being blind, he knew he was in he was in the Philistine territory enough to know what their temple and everything else looked like. So he had a good idea mentally still of the layout, right? And he probably knew something about the structure of it and everything else. Some writers state. So he used that, what he was exposed to back in, in the day. And he said, hey, you know, let me, uh, let me rest on these pillars. And these pillars were very significant, right? And he had, uh, and this was a, a place, like I stated, um, according to uh, the information on verse 27, this was a place that was more than likely uh, uh, a theater or a temple where they worshiped uh, Dagon or Dagon and a whole bunch of people, even though they had named uh, about 3000 men and women, uh, no telling how many folks were there gathered to see this going on, drinking and partying and laughing and celebrating. Uh, and this was their praise to their God. Any other comments? Yeah, one thing, Pastor, uh, that the people, the leaders and all of them failed to see was that Samson's hair was growing back. Mm -hmm. And it was already told to them by Delilah that mm -hmm. it was in his hair. Samson said it was in his hair. Yeah. That didn't bother them to know that Samson's hair <laughs> because they were under uh, such a stupor in regards to drinking that they didn't realize all of that. All they wanted to do was call Samson maybe because he told riddles or something after the lesson said, or whatever it did he do, some type of dirge, a dance or something. We don't know exactly. Yeah. Nonetheless, yeah. he did some kind of sport for him. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, it just, it was, uh, was 3,000 in the balcony. We don't know how many was on the floor. But, mm -hmm. uh, and these pillars, he said somewhere, he said that they were made out of wood or something like that. But like you said, Samson was very familiar with uh, the territory. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so he knew exactly what, what, how that, that place was structured, apparently, because he told the yeah. lad to take him to, to the pillars. But uh, yeah. nonetheless, they, that one thing they didn't realize was that his hair was growing back. Yeah. You know, they they should have took note of it was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting, too. And uh, another thing they should have taken note of is that if you read from chapters 13 to, to 16, 50, well, 16, you'll see that <laughs> Samson was always a planner. He, he was a planner. Yeah. He, you know, he, he was a planner. He always had a game plan, right? Mm -hmm. Just like with those foxes. Just think, you know, uh, right. how, how, how invested Samson was in and getting revenge. He was so invested that he captured 300 foxes, tied them, tied two by two together, and put some, put put this thing ablaze, um, tied that on their tail, and and had them run and and burn up all of their grain. So he was invested in his vengeance, right? And he wanted to get back at him. He always had a plan. So here's mm -hmm. Samson in this situation, and Samson blind, right. but. Hey, he still, you still was a man with a plan, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that's it. He was going to execute this plan. 
at verse, uh, any other further comments on those uh, verses? Yeah, as Elder Mack had, had pointed out, you know, they didn't think twice about put it, placing him between the pillows, under the pillows, because they felt like he had no strength and that his God had deserted him, so they had nothing to worry about. That's it, yeah. So we still, yeah, so we're seeing this, this get back to, to this payback, and now we're going to see how it all wraps up. And it says in uh, verse 28, And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, Remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for, for, for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was uh, borne up, of the one with his right hand, and of the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself, or bowed himself rather, with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried, buried him between Zora and Estoil and the uh, burying place of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Wow. So we're talking about the give back, the payback, and now the comeback, right? And uh, so what do you all uh, think about these verses? Was it a sad ending? One of the things that I saw that was kind of sad about it was that um, Samson, he, he realized that the strength came from the Lord, and that's a, that's a good thing, uh, but his revenge was still there, and the only thing that he wanted to have revenge was the fact that he had lost his two eyes. <laughs> right. And, and what it should have been is that they have that they have uh, blasphemed your name, that they have, have given honor and homage to this false God, uh, that they have not recognized you the way that I have recognized you, something to that effect, you know, as being the only true God, this kind of thing, that they have uh, uh, done that which is evil in your sight. That, that's not what he was saying. He just wanted God to give him enough strength one more time just so he could avenge the fact that they had taken his eyes. And when I look at that, even I look at the fact that his problem was the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm -hmm. That was his problem. And God mm -hmm. showed him that, right? And he took his eyes. Why? Because they were lustful eyes. His flesh, right? Mm -hmm. was, he was about to die, right? But he was lifted up in pride also because of his strength, mm -hmm. right? And he was mm -hmm. going around terrorizing folks and getting revenge on him and whatnot, payback for this, payback for that or whatever. And even in his death, you know, yes, this was part of God's divine plan, but it was sad that, that Samson didn't fully get it, even though he was starting to get it, you know, in terms of who God is and, and his power and whatnot that had came from God. Uh, but it, it just struck me that he was wanting God to revenge the loss of his two eyes when he yeah. did not realize that it was God who actually allowed his eyes to be taken. Because Amen. when you look at it, it's, it's better to enter into heaven maimed, right? With your, your eye missing, right? With a, if your left eye uh, offends you, plug it out, right? If your right hand, if it offends you, pass it away from you, right? Because it's better to enter into heaven maimed than to go into hell whole, right? So uh, he didn't see that God's divine providence was there and his judgment upon him for his disobedience and, and for his failure to, to, to do what he took a vow to do many years ago. It wasn't just his hair, but he, he was allowing himself to go after strange women. Uh, he was lusting after the flesh. He had lust of the eyes and the pride of life too, right? Okay. So uh, that was one of the things that just kind of stood out to me as we read that. Good point. Good point. Good point. Also, what stood out to me also was that being strong 
physically mm-hmm. and weak uh, spiritually. And it's just like uh, the difference between him and David. David was the opposite. David was just like a little peon. But mm. in the spirit sense, he was mighty and strong, and his mm. vengeance was always for the Lord. It was just a contrast of Samson and David. I, that's what brings more out to me. Good. That's good. That's good. As well, yeah, as, uh, just a, a brief comment. Um, right. Yeah, Samson, uh, though here he is re, uh, a re- repenting, I would say. You know, uh, which is a, a somewhat of a, of a positive side, though. Uh, spiritually, he wasn't really there, but like we said, uh, he had plenty of time to think about what he, all that he has done, had done while he was grinding, grinding in the mill. But uh, so we find out here now that he prayed. This ain't the first time he prayed in regards to strength after he had killed those three thousand. But uh, uh, he said, "Strengthen me now," you know. And uh, though he mentioned his eyes. Right, uh, and, and Elder, Elder was right on that in regards to his eyes, that, that uh, it was a lust of eyes, you know. But uh, I, I can see a repentance here on his part, you know. And though he did uh, uh, kill more at his death, uh, the lesson brought out that, that 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 wasn't suicide, you know. And the only reason why we could say that it wasn't just because this writer saying, no, it's already in the, the book, the Hall of Fame in the 11th chapter of Hebrews where uh, uh, his name is mentioned, you know, and if it was like a suicidal type of thing, I, I really wouldn't think that it was in it, but no, he was giving God the glory at his death, you yeah. know, so this is, this is where it was, and, and uh, uh, he became, they said he became a national hero because of what because of what he did so uh the the uh, what he did in regards to taking out the philistines and all of those folks that we don't know how many was he said three thousand in the balcony but we don't know total how many uh, philistines was in that temple but yeah. then, then who he killed before all of that you know but uh uh, uh they, they said that um, from my understanding in the lesson that is that uh he became a national hero and that uh uh and and that uh, uh, his name is found in the, heart, the, the book of the faith, the hall of, hall of faith in the 11th oh. chapter of Hebrews, you know, and, and that gave me, I uh, said, well, wow, you know, it's, you can see that we'll see Samson in, in glory. Uh-huh. We'll see all those who get Ananias and Sapphira. You say, all right, you're going to do this to the Holy Spirit. We'll see Ananias and Sapphira in Acts the fifth chapter in glory because they had the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit could not let that happen. So there was an example to the church to get it right. Mm-hmm. So even with Samson, he's an example to us as well, that we don't need to have the lust of, as believers, apparently, you know, because we're in these bodies. Amen. That's our imperfection in these bodies. But one of these days, we're going to have a glorified body. And I think, very, I think in my heart, that I will see Samson in glory when it's all said and done. Amen. 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 So we see this, as I stated, this pattern here. But like I said, and if I had to uh, title these sections of scripture, I would say it was the get back, then the payback, and this last section is is coming back. You know that 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 mentality of getting back at people mm. that, that doesn't work. You know that that mentality of paying people back it doesn't work, right? But when you come back to where God wants you to be, right? Come back, and I agree with you, Elder. Um, I agree with you all that that uh, you know Samson has his weaknesses, and and although he had physical strength, he had some spiritual weaknesses that were uh, going on, you know. And even in that twenty eighth verse, he was still uh, fixated on his eyes, but yet I see a repentance there as well, where he was coming back to where God wanted to be all along, right? And God was using him in this where his victory and his death was it, it outweighed and outnumbered what he had done in his life amen so it was this whole situation once again where these folks were up there and they were partying, having uh having having a good time and, and samson was was um their entertainment and they were just 
you know, just being merry, as the verse stated. They were just all into their merriness, but all of a sudden something happened. Their drinks started spilling, right? And they were like, whoa, what, you know, what's going on? And the whole building started to move to a point where, boom, this whole thing just collapsed and they died. And, and it was a devastating blow for the Philistines because their leaders were there and more than likely this may have been a, a national holiday of worship uh, to their God at this time. And he had all the important people there. Uh, one writer even said Delilah may have been there as well into, in all the celebration. And, and in one swoop, all of a sudden, all of them died. And our lesson today, if we want to take anything from this, it would be that this road of vengeance and this thought of vengeance, that is not something that God co-signs. You're not holy enough to be about vengeance. You're not righteous enough to be about vengeance. Amen. And, and, you, and you're not all-knowing enough to be about vengeance. You need certain qualities when you get into the business of revenge and avenge and vengeance. You need certain qualities. You need to be righteous. You need to be just. You need to be holy. And you need to be all-knowing. And I only know one person or one being that is that, and that's our God. Amen. That's right. Amen. All right. So, Amen. so God bless you all, and I hope you all see the practicalness of this, uh, the practicality of this lesson. It was right on time, and I'll go ahead and give it back to Sister Ratcliffe. Yeah, thank you, Pastor. And I was just kind of looking over the practical points and number number uh, five and six, actually four, five and six. The unrighteous believe that the Lord is powerless not to be taken seriously. So we have a lot of that going on around now. People taking things into their own hand. Some yeah. saying God is in control and others are saying, well, where is God when this is happening and that is happening? So many do believe that God is powerless. And number yeah. five says, it's better to suffer in righteousness than to perish in ungodly un unrighteousness. Righteousness. And the last one said, though we make mistakes, and Samson was certainly an example of that, God is always ready to turn them around for his purposes. Amen. So that, that is very good. So uh, just Amen. before we end now, I, I do want to say that uh, in a way of announcements, Sister Marnie, has a survey regarding Bible study that she would like for everybody. If you've not received that survey, if you do, she would like for it to be completed. And if you've not, uh, let Deacon Woods know and he can probably help her in getting it to you. But she'd like for all of us to complete that survey. And one more thing, I'm gonna turn it over to Sister Myrie and I want her to acknowledge that today is a special day and today, I believe, is a birthday for our pastor. And Sister Marnie has something that she wants to say. Sister Marnie. <laughs> that was Friday. <laughs> so, let's see. Where am I here? I'm trying to see. Is my video on? Can you guys see me? Uh, no. Nope. I don't. Uh, no, nope. I can't see nope. you. Because I had my video on, but like it's not on. It's not on. Okay, what's oh what no? There you are. You can see me now? I can see you now. Okay, good. Yeah, there you go. There we go. So math of the church. We have a little surprise for our pastor, which we were going to present today at church. <laughs> that we're in oh no. <laughs> I see some skittles we we lost your video we lost your audio we Sister lost your audio. we lost the audio portion <laughs> <laughs> am I still there? Well, you were there, but we lost your audio, so but we can hear you. Okay, I don't know where you were saying we were going to present it today. 
<laughs> I don't know. If you, are you there anymore? Yeah, we lost you. I, I don't know what's going on with my audio and video, but anyway, I keep saying, let's sing happy birthday. <laughs> oh. Okay. Let's start it off. Who's starting? Sing <laughs> <laughs> well. on Zoom, not together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> start happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Come on, y'all. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Is there any any other anything else? I don't know, Sister Radcliffe, are you still there? I still hear you. Hear me? Okay, I yeah, hear you. Yeah, we hear you. All right. Anything further, Sister Radcliffe? <laughs> All right. If if not, we can. I'm muted. Who muted me? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, we hear you now. You know okay, I mean? now I'm on mute. Okay, but no, nothing more. We're just uh, adolescent to dismiss this in prayer and uh, look forward to when we will be in person again. Amen. Amen. We thank Amen. the Lord this morning uh, for everything that we received from him. We thank the Lord for Pastor Beautiful Job. We thank the Lord for those that was online. We thank the Lord that those questions and answers that came about. Uh, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you again and again to continue to bless our church, bless our pastor, first lady, all our members, those that are sick, those on the prayer list, mm -hmm. those that may be vacation. Those on the highways, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you bless them, put an edge around them, their vehicles, their homes. Lord, we ask you right now, we lift up all our children, Lord, grandkids and all, Lord, for your continued blessing and helping us and guiding us to raise our children and giving them the best and the very best that we can give them is you. Lord, we thank you. We are blessed that we're able to have members that can put together this service on Zoom. We thank you for blessing them and giving them the knowledge and understanding to make all this possible. Lord, we ask you to continue to bless the building of the church and continue to bless us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. amen.